So, Leonard. Mm. Nope. I. What did you have for breakfast this morning? Nope. You, you didn't have breakfast? Do I need to do the intro? You know, you know what you know about the intro, Leonard, is you don't remind me before I start saying things. Because <laughs> so funny. if I were to say, "This is Reconceived with Benny and Lenny," I'm Ben, <laughs> and I'm Leonard. That you always make me feel stupid. You should respect me. <laughs> I I do, but man, if it's not funny. It, it is kind of funny. So what did you have for breakfast today? I had spinach and feta eggs and orange cranberry juice and banana bread and Good grief. Sausage. That sounds so stinking healthy. It was very delicious. I don't know about the healthy part, but it was very, banana very good. bread and like feta spinach eggs. They were so good. So good. That's definitely healthy. That's not like Captain Crunch and uh Uh Frosted Mini Wheats, thank you very much. Oh yeah, those <laughs> things are good. I love yeah. those. Anyways, do you always eat breakfast? No. Uh, actually hardly ever. Today was just a lucky day. Well, Leonard. Yes. You do know that you're missing the most important meal of the day, <gasps> don't you? Is that the case? Yes, of course. Wowzers. Because everybody says so, and it must be true. Gee willikers. Ah, beans. <laughs> the most cited reason that I've heard, at least, mm-hmm. is because not eating breakfast contributes to obesity and or that eating breakfast makes you lose weight somehow. <laughs> Google. Breakfast obesity, those two words, and you'll be confronted with a litany of articles, blog posts, and websites and studies telling you that eating breakfast is linked with weight loss. There is even a phrase for it, the proposed effect of breakfast on obesity, or PIBO. (laughs) PIBO. A very scientific term. I cannot take anything seriously if its name is PIBO. All these, all these studies and these articles and stuff, they're lying to you. But there's a lot of them, though. Lose there are a lot of them, and they're all lying. Lose weight, eat breakfast by WebMD. You're going to tell me that WebMD is uh, 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 fake news? Yes, I'm telling you that WebMD is wrong. No, I don't have cancer. I have a paper cut. They are, they're all lying in the same way. It's not that they don't have studies to back them up, but it's that they pretend that those studies are definitive and conclusive, and they don't disagree with any other rigorous studies that exist. Mm. That's the problem. Okay, I see. But before we get into the studies, because I know it's just fascinating to listen to a 15, 20, 30-minute, 80-minute podcast about studies. <laughs> Everybody just loves spending their time pouring over scientific research. Mm-hmm. Just some, some common sense analysis and examples. First, Italy. Breakfast isn't a big meal. Nobody eats much for breakfast. They eat, like, a croissant and some coffee. Wait. And that's basically it. Are you, are you sure they eat croissants? They, they just eat a pastry. Okay. Okay. So they'll eat some some light pastry and some coffee, maybe. But the really big meal is lunch. Mm. 
And based on the what we would assume in Italy, the obesity rate would just be through the roof. Yeah. And in the United States, the obesity rate would be really low. Yeah. Italy has a 10% obesity rate, and the United States has a 38% obesity rate. That's a whole lot more than 10. Yes. It's like a four times increase in the obesity rate. Now, obviously, there are other factors, which is the problem. Mm. See, weight loss isn't just caused by a single thing. It's not as though you can just eat an entire uh, cereal box for breakfast and then a tub of ice cream for lunch and then eat 8,000 calories for dinner. And just due to the fact that you ate breakfast, you're going to lose calories. The, The reason... It's so hard to study weight loss, and it's so hard to study nutrition. Well, there are a couple of reasons. First, there are a bunch of factors that go into the human body, right? So it can be your genetics. Arnold Schwarzenegger was muscular even before he started working out. Some people are naturally more athletic, which is why some people may be able to go to the Olympics and say pole vaulting, but they wouldn't be great at sprinting because they're just not fast enough. There are different genetic body types. It is simply impossible for some people to not eat fewer than 8,000 calories a day, otherwise they'll die. And sometimes you shouldn't really eat more than 1,500 calories a day because your body has a really slow metabolism. Right. That compounded with the fact that you can't really have a placebo for breakfast. People can't pretend to eat breakfast and trick their body Uh, without actually gaining nutrition or any intake of calories. Yeah, that would be really difficult. You can't have randomized controlled studies where everyone is pretending to eat breakfast, but only a couple <laughs> people are actually eating breakfast. I mean, I you just, could technically I just, do that, but the people who are pretending to eat breakfast will know very well they're not actually eating breakfast. I, I just love the idea of people just trying their hardest to munch down on, like, a plastic <laughs> egg, you know, that you get from, like, Fisher-Price toys, and they're just like, mm, it's a bit overcooked. I don't, I don't know about this. <laughs> oh my goodness, that'd be funny. Or if they were just miming eating food for like half an hour while the scientists studied them. Ah, it's a French study. Now we get to the fun part, the actual studies themselves. My, my favorite two are a 2014 study and a 1992 study. Mm. One of them is clearly more recent, but the human body does not change that drastically over, oh goodness, I can't math. 22 years. There we go. Over 22 years, the human body doesn't suddenly lose weight as something that used to make it gain weight. So, in 2014, the study found that getting breakfast eaters to skip breakfast and breakfast skippers to eat breakfast, Mm -hmm. it made no difference with respect to weight loss. Really? Yeah. So, basically, breakfast eaters and breakfast skippers switched roles, and neither of them had any weight gains or weight loss. Yeah, so the difference of calorie intake didn't really change how their bodies were affected not really and this is one of the theories right that if you don't eat breakfast then you just eat more for lunch so overall you're going to be consuming the same amount of calories okay now there are other factors that go into that but the overall consensus is that this is really complicated and this is proven by the fact that the 1992 study Mm -hmm. did the same thing and they found that both groups lost weight. Both groups? Both. Huh. So they they just changed up their breakfast routine, and they lost weight. Okay. 
what I got from this is we basically have no idea what's going on. <laughs> there was another study done in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. They said, and I quote, the belief in the PIBO exceeds the strength of scientific evidence. <laughs> the belief in the PIBO. Did you hear about uh, Steven Spielberg's uh, new movie? It's a spiritual sequel to E.T. It's called Belief in PIBO. I'm excited about it. It comes out summer next year. They're going to have Yoda in it and everything. How do we know for sure that Yoda isn't a PIBO? That's definitely what he is. A hundred percent. Look at Yoda. You can't say that PIBO wouldn't be a fitting name for his race. Do you think Yoda skips breakfast? I'm guessing he probably skips entire days worth of meals. Yeah, I mean, when you're when your whole world's a swamp, you don't got a lot of options. So, back to the important things. Proposed effective breakfast on obesity. There are a lot of studies, and the conclusions in those studies are stronger than the actual evidence warrants. And that's what this 2013 overview was saying. Hmm. Another study, just because we might as well list more studies, because why not? Why not? Cornell University did a study, forgot when, I think it was like 2012 or something, and they found that skipping breakfast led to people consuming fewer calories by the end of the day. I mean, it makes sense. And that is the theory, that your stomach doesn't expand as much, and so you don't have as much room for lunch and you don't feel as hungry, which basically means that if you're not hungry, then you you really kind of don't need to eat breakfast. Now, if you want to eat breakfast anyways and you don't care about weight loss, that's totally your deal. But if you are at all caring about your health and well-being, then eat breakfast when you get hungry. Hmm. Um, in fact, before the late 1800s, going back to the just examples and anecdotes, breakfast wasn't even a meal. You, right. you wouldn't eat breakfast unless you were like a farmer and you were about to go do a day's worth of really hard work at four in the mm-hmm. morning. Right. So it wasn't as though every American household was eating breakfast. Interesting. Again, that was a different time when there wasn't as much food, but the obesity rate was not 38%. Right. I'm not saying that that's conclusive at all, but again, it goes back to the difficult facts right. about nutrition. If I remember correctly, the story behind like how breakfast sort of became this big, important meal in America was in the early 1900s, a baking company went to doctors and loosely asked which would probably be better a light meal for breakfast or a heavy meal for breakfast and you know just the doctor's base opinion not including any studies but just what they thought at the moment was just like i think probably a heavy meal was better and then they took all of the doctors saying that and then turned it into a marketing ploy where they're just like nine out of ten doctors say that it's important to have a heavy meal for breakfast, so have our bacon. Hmm. And then that marketing ploy was so successful that it sort of integrated into our culture, American culture as we know it. And I mean, they didn't, they also didn't have Big Macs back then, so. Yeah. That probably affects them a little bit. If only McDonald's offered salads, then I wouldn't be so fat. It's all Wait, their okay. fault. I know that they did offer salads, but I haven't seen their salads at all in the past. Yeah, it's because if of you years. want a salad, you don't go to McDonald's. Yeah, well, yeah. 
Or you can make your own salad. Salad's not that tough to make, you guys. It's literally you chop that, up some lettuce, you throw some other stuff mm-hmm. in there, and you have a salad. Boom. It <laughs> takes like five minutes tops. Also, it's eight in the morning. Salad is not a breakfast food. What are you doing? <laughs> there are people, though, who come to Chick-fil-A and order salads at 730. And I just wonder, I, th- why? do they? I always hope they are saving it for later in the day because they can't have a lunch that break. That has they can't to be leave it. Work. But it always confuses me. Okay, side note, uh, Ben and I both also work at Chick-fil-A. Yep. There are some crazy people that come in, like, not a lot compared to other horror stories I've heard from other fast food chains, but we still got our crazies. Yep. So. Another guy, Professor Terrence Keeley. He's a professor of clinical biochemistry. He also says that breakfast is a really – it's a dangerous meal because you can get it wrong very easily. And one he of the – He calls it a dangerous meal? Yeah, he says breakfast is a dangerous meal. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day to skip. Wow. And he says he, – he propounds the theory that when you eat breakfast, your body isn't actually ready for it. So it's still waking up, and you can't modulate hunger quite as well as you can later in the day, so you're prone to overeat. He also says that if you spike up your carbohydrate levels, when those levels go back down, your brain says, oh, that means I'm hungry, and it needs more food than you otherwise would. So you're getting your hungry meter amped up earlier in the day than it really should be. Hmm. Now, that's a very loose description. I'm not a nutritional expert. But all of this, all of these studies, all of this evidence, all of these examples are basically to say we, we don't know about breakfast. So I, I think it's very fascinating that even though it seems so important in our culture, breakfast is really just a uncertainty. That's a good way to put it. As to whether or not it's actually helpful. It could be that it's healthy and better for us to eat breakfast, but it surely isn't helping I mean, it could be helping with obesity, but the... the it really isn't. American breakfast is like a bunch of candy. Yeah, that's very true. But, like, the the help that it could hypothetically bring at best case scenario is so insignificantly low, we can't actually tell if it's doing anything. Nutrition is complicated. If breakfast works for you, then chomp down on that toast. Butter side up, all the way. Is that a Dr. Seuss reference in the Butter Battle book? Of course it's a oh. Dr. Seuss reference. Oh, man. That makes me so happy. Legitimately, in real life, if anyone eats their toast butter side down, what are you doing? Seriously, though, what are you doing? The butter's going to fall down onto your new slacks, and it's going to leave a grease stain that you're going to have for the rest of the day. Don't do that. This has been Breakfast Reconceived. I'm your host this week, Ben. Ben.